This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. And welcome again to another episode of Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. This is the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs built and grew their digital marketing agencies. My name is Tabitha Thomas, and I'm your host. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, can I just go and encourage you to hit that subscribe button so you can get each and every one of our episodes. We release new ones uh, every single Tuesday. So let's get on to today's guest. Today I have with me Tristan Pellegrino, and Tristan is the co-founder of Motion, the owner of Top Level Strategy, and the co-host of his own B2B tech marketing podcast, Tech Qualified. Tristan, welcome to the show. Hi, Tabitha. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, super excited. So if you've listened to any of our podcasts, I always start and end the podcast the same way because it's a question that I love asking people. And that is, what did the journey to becoming an entrepreneur look like for you? Did it, was it something as a kid you always knew that you wanted to do and own your own business? Or is it something that just kind of happened along the way? Yeah, great question. And um I love asking that question myself. So I'm on the other side of the question this time. But um, I would say, Tabitha, yeah, I, I I felt that I wanted to be an entrepreneur probably at a, a very young age. You know, when I went to to college, I was just looking to get that business foundation, you know, that background and and really to try to establish myself um, for that entrepreneur career down down the line. So I always had my eyes on it. And I got my start by selling picnic baskets online. Well, it was that's one I wasn't expecting. <laughs> smartpicnic.com. And um, I don't know what it is right now. I haven't been there in a while. But, uh, you know, I, I uh, created a Yahoo e-commerce store when they were just getting started with some of their website builders and stuff. And I just did it for, for the hell of it and said, hey, I'm going to just try this e-commerce thing see what happens, create a brand, put the website together. You know, I, I was just married and my wife thought I was crazy. She's like, they, all, know, they always do. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I married someone who wanted to sell picnic baskets for the rest of his life, but I knew that that was just a, a stepping stone, but that, that's how I got started. You know, I, I really just wanted to, to put something out there and, and just try to uh, get the wheels turning, get my mind in that direction. And then from there, yeah, I was I was a real estate agent for a little while. Tried tried that um, while I was going to get my MBA, and then um, at the same time I was in grad school. I started uh, my first agency, uh, video production company, with a friend of mine from college, uh, from undergrad, and I was there for about twelve years and had a great experience. And then I started Motion here about uh, four years ago. So wow, second stint at an agency, yeah. So right out of college, right into it. So did you have family that were entrepreneurs? Did you have, you know, family business or anything like that? Or is it just something that was instilled in you? My grandfather had his own business, but uh, unfortunately I never knew my grandfather. He was deceased before I had a chance to know him. But, um, you know, for the most part, my parents stayed at the same spot for a long time. I mean, my dad worked for Bank of America and he was a part of so many mergers and acquisitions who I can't even remember what bank it was that he started with, but it was literally the, you know, the same uh, operation for just, you know, 20 years or something. And, and my mom was a, a mail carrier and she, she delivered the mail and rain, snow, sleet, whatever for, for years on foot. And, you know, a lot of that hard work was, 
really instilled in me, but I just felt that I want to take a different path and, and try to go that entrepreneurial route. I love it. It's just it's so odd because usually when I talk to somebody, they're like, yeah, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. It's always, I had a dad or an uncle or a friend right. or somebody that owned a business that kind of pointed them in that direction. So it's just kind of curious. So, uh, so before motion, can you tell us about some of the other experiences you had along the way? You said you, you had a business with a friend doing video production. So tell us about that. How did that go in that business and what made you want to jump into, uh, into motion? Yeah, so we, uh, my former business partner and I started um, the video production company, right? I mean, it was a few months probably before YouTube was even created. So we were really on the forefront of video and bringing video to the web. And my role early on was more on the developer side. So I did a lot of programming. Um, That was really my my major. And that's what I did when I came out initially to um, on the consulting side. And you know, we were developing flash applications just so people could watch video online oh, wow. back then. So we were really leading the way in, in many ways on the corporate video side. And so we did that for a number of years. We, we grew quite a bit. The last year I was there, made it to the Inc. 5000, um, wow. one of the faster growing companies uh, in the country. And um, at that point, we just realized one to go in separate directions, had a different vision. So I sold my stake in, in the agency to him and, and then opened up uh, motion about four years ago. And then I have a business partner who at the time was my VP of sales at that company. So he came on board and uh, yeah, we, we've been rolling ever since. Oh, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about motion. What do you guys focus on? What do you sell? What do you do for clients? Yeah, we'd like to say that we generate demand with genuine conversations and our, our core, I, our ideal customer profile is a B2B tech marketer. So we use podcasts much like this and video content to create thought leadership programs to to generate that awareness and generate that demand for tech companies. And um, we spin off a lot of different content for folks. You know, we, we create video content from audio content, written content from video content. And you know, really our goal is just to, to scale, high quality content for tech companies. That's awesome. So why tech companies? Why is that the niche that you guys went after? Is that because it's kind of a little bit in your background or is that just, what was the reason? Yeah, I, I started out with really large tech companies. So when I came out of school, I, I was a programmer back then and uh, started working with Pricewaterhouse, Oracle and IBM. So like these big software, enterprise software companies. And I always knew that it was very tough to articulate the value of technology. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went back to school and, and went to grad school because I, I got my MBA in marketing. So I had a focus in that area. And I knew that I wanted to go more on the, on the marketing side of things. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that type of work. And when we created Motion four years ago, one of the decisions that we made was to really be very selective in, in our audience. And we didn't start that way, but we knew that we were going to niche down at, at some point. And it's just a natural progression for us. Uh, my business partner, Justin, um, worked in inside sales for tech companies for years. So he's very familiar with the space and we just love the, you know, maintaining or, or keeping track of the pulse of, of technology. It's, it's uh, an ever-changing industry and it's just really exciting to be a part of. 
Very true. So it's kind of, you got, you speak the love language for it. Whereas other people, <laughs> maybe yeah. not so much, definitely That's not right. me. <laughs> That's right. So one of the questions that we get asked a lot in our, our space is, you know, people that are trying to start their own agencies, what did it look like your first six months of running an agency? I mean, what was the, the good, the bad, the ugly, and were you doing everything yourself or did you hire a lot of things out? People are just want to know, like, what did it really look like when you started out? Yeah. So when I started over 15 years ago at my first agency, uh, we had no clue what, what we were doing. You know, it was really our first, uh, our first business venture other than picnic baskets. I mean, that, that, that exploded, but, uh, but yeah, the, the next one in line with on the video production company side, uh, you know, we, we went through all the growing pains that, that an agency typically does, you know, from hiring your first employee to figuring out how to uh, develop systems with, with your process. Like, you know, what is our secret sauce? How do we get from mm -hmm. a, a to B with clients? You know, what does that process look like? So we built all those things from scratch. We, we didn't really have um, any blueprints at the time to, to build off of. Um, I think there's a lot of great information out there now to help yeah. agency owners. Wish I would have had a lot of those back in the day, but we didn't. Um, but, but I would say, you know, the, the biggest growing pain was, was not really knowing or, or clearly identifying who we were and then who we were serving. We, mm -hmm. we were trying to be a lot of things to a lot of people. And, and um, in many ways, I knew if, if I had another crack at it, I, I wanted to be much more clear in, in, in who we would work with and, you know, who would be yeah. the best fit, fit for us, essentially. And so you were able to do that with Motion, start over and start with a new niche and and really do that. So how are you guys getting in front of these, these tech people in the first place? How are you finding clients besides yeah. podcasting? Cause that's a great one. <laughs> great question. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast is a big piece of what we do. You know, that we, we drink our own Kool-Aid. So we do exact same thing for ourselves that we do for clients. So our, our podcast is a, a big piece to developing our brand and just sharing a lot of our expertise. And, and we do it in a way that really puts a spotlight on our guests instead mm -hmm. of ourselves. So we have those conversations in a podcast format. We spin off a lot of content from that. And um, in addition to the podcast being a, a big driver for demand, really it's uh, probably best classified as account-based marketing. You know, we, we do very targeted outreach. Um, we develop relationships that way with the exact people that we want to do business with. And we just keep it very focused. So we get inbound leads, of course, um, from generating demand on our side, but then also we're, we're doing the outreach as well. We're still, still going in that direction. We, we believe it's good to have you know, both things working together. And, so true. Yeah. In tandem. So uh, we'll, we'll probably stick with that for a while, but it's, it's worked out so far. We used to have days, uh, you know, quarterly that we would sit down and we would write out our goal clients, like who would we really want to work with? And that was always our thing. That, so we started targeting all our stuff towards those big clients and yeah. lo and behold, we landed them, which was pretty incredible. You think, oh, it's just crazy luck. No, there was, there was a specific goal. There was something we were yeah. aiming towards. So it seemed, it seemed crazy in the moment when you wrote it down, but then That's not right. so much when you get into it. <laughs> it feels great when it happens, you know, it's yes. like, look, we, we did a lot of research on this, this prospect. Um, 
got to, you know, we looked on LinkedIn, tried to figure out what their makeup of their team looked like and tried to envision what their marketing team looked like. Cause we're, we're typically working with small marketing teams, anywhere from one to five people okay. for the most part. So we try to understand and envision what their, their team construct look like, looks like so that we can then have that conversation you know, at the right time. So that's awesome. So what does services like that, how much do they run for clients? As far as what we do on the thought leadership side? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, our plans start anywhere from $2,500 a month on up. So we have kind of some base level plans where we'll do a biweekly podcast and enough to get folks started, um, with one of those programs. And then we'll typically layer in from there. And then we also do a lot of custom work as well. Um, you know, we do a lot more than just thought leadership programs. We do website maintenance and, you know, we'll do branding projects, et cetera. But externally, we want to have a very clear message. We don't want to muddy the water there. So um, it's very much a, a land and expand type of an approach. Mm. Once you build that relationship with a client, you really get to know their business. Um, you're speaking the same language. Then you can yeah. start to layer in other services. But we, we don't want to do all that. Upfront necessarily. So when you're doing <laughs> podcasts for these other companies, are they, are they the host themselves or are you doing the hosting for them as well? Yeah, we do. Um, we're working on a situation where we could do either a journalistic approach or uh, a host that's not internal to an organization. But right now, most of our plans are built around um, using a host internally so that they get to establish that relationship. Cause you, you, you know, that when mm -hmm. you bring on folks to your podcast, just having that conversation is something you, you can't really cheat. You yeah. know, that, that's something that um, is just a benefit to have. So that's what we encourage our, our clients to do. And, and part of our service is developing and, and working with them to create that strategy. So what does the, the framework of a show look like? What types of questions should you ask? Um, you know, what, what is, uh, that, that tech stack that you need to put in place. So we, we build all of that for them up front and really give them the blueprint. And then we provide consulting and, and stuff moving forward. And then of course we, we do all the post-production on all the content as well. So what's the biggest hurdle? Cause I know what it's like to produce a podcast and say all the questions and do all the things myself, but what is the biggest hurdle with helping somebody else start a podcast? I mean, is this something that they're like, yeah, I want to do this. Or is this something you're talking them into doing? Because <laughs> there's a big difference. If somebody's yeah. nervous and, and not really wanting to do it, it it's got to be a, a big hurdle, a big hill to walk up. Yeah. So a lot of times when, when people go through the experience on our podcast, they, they have a great time and, and then they start to see how all the content is developed from that conversation and how specific it is. And that's the one thing that we say, if, if you're looking to create high quality content, which is a big pain point for, for a lot of our clients, you know, they're, they're often going through a process where they're bringing on a lot of freelance writers. And if you find a really good writer that's producing content, sometimes they get a full-time job and now you're back at square one. And, mm -hmm. and we find that with podcasts, when you bring on your ideal customer profile, the, the content that you created is almost always high quality because these are experts in their field. So you're using that information as, as the core piece to, to build from. Um, so that's really one of the, the problems that we solve is just the ability to create consistent, high quality content in a variety of ways. 
Um, and, and the biggest hurdle that we found is, is just uh, some of the things that you mentioned. Who, who in the hell is going to host this thing? We, we don't know. <laughs> so we, we've developed um, content on our site that we share with clients. So we, we often will create blog posts to help them answer those big questions and we'll point them in that direction. Um, but yeah, we go through a, a discovery process and develop, and develop a strategic action plan. So we help them along the way and, and help them solve some of those, uh, those major issues that they have up front. That's awesome. I'm just, I was curious, has there been any big flubs up that, that people have gone on and just gotten completely nervous and shut down or anything like that? Any um, crazy moments? I'm trying to think. Uh, early this morning, I was recording a podcast and my system right. completely shut down in the middle of it. So <laughs> I'm yeah, like, tell me somebody's had a bad day too. <laughs> well, one of the things we have for one of our clients, um, I think they invited six people to be on the podcast and um, the application we were using Squadcast at the time only allows four concurrently. So that was something that was new. <laughs> and, it, and we didn't know um, when they were going to record it that they were going to have that many folks, but they just wanted people to listen in and, and try to get through the, the process. And they were excited. Yeah. And, and so that was one thing that, that happened. So they kept ki kicking each other off because they oh, would no. only allow four on, but uh, they were able to figure out what was happening and, and got through it. And and recorded it and, and it all worked out. But, but yeah, I think with uh, podcasts, you have to expect some of those technical challenges along so the way. True. Um, so I'm sure you've experienced some of those along the way. And it uh, seems like weekly, daily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are used to it as well. So it's like, you know, you build in some of that time. And that's one of the things that we suggest too, when, when you create that, uh, let's say that hour long meeting with your your guest build in some of that time so that you can work through some of those those technical difficulties get get off and in, in uh on, on the right foot you know make sure everything sounds good and then move forward from there so true so true so have you had on your own podcast uh tech qualified have you had a favorite guest or a favorite story that somebody has uh had on there gosh i'm, I'm trying to think we've we're almost at, at like 300 recordings now. So it's, it's an insane number. That's a tough question. I, I wasn't expecting that question. Sorry, so sorry. I, I'm throwing that one in there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think uh, it, it's, it's interesting because we, we've interviewed CMOs, uh, you know, owners of, of tech companies. We've also interviewed and brought on folks that, um, you know, aren't, aren't leading marketing teams as well. So some of my favorite conversations are, are those uh, individuals that are really in the weeds and, and they're yeah. just responsible for a piece of marketing versus kind of the overarching uh, marketing function at a tech company. So I would say surprisingly, I, I really do enjoy those, those conversations where someone might just be leading the, the content marketing efforts and that is their job. And you can dive deep into how they're, they're getting their job done and, and some of the pitfalls that they're having. And I find like those are some, some of our best episodes where we get very tactical in a way. Well, yeah, and get an inside look into their minds and what they struggle right. with and how you as a company can help them overcome some of those. So I like that. So you, you stated that you help tech companies become thought leaders. So what does that process look like to reach that goal? Would you say that you, um, that your company do you do that for clients to help them stand out from the rest of the company uh, competition? What are you, what are you exactly doing for them? Yeah. So using a podcast format or a video series, we find that when you 
put a spotlight on those genuine conversations that, that includes people inside your organization. And then they're having conversations either with other people inside their organization or um, external third parties where they're industry influencers that they want to align themselves with um, or their, your ideal customer profile. Uh, being a thought leader is just, just really getting your name out there and, and most importantly, sharing a perspective. Because I don't feel like you could be a thought leader unless you do have some insights. And, and really the best way to showcase some of those perspectives is just through the natural process of a, of a conversation. So it's, it's really that simple. And we find that if you share the content in a lot of different ways and get this material in front of your audience on LinkedIn, um, whether that's organically or if you're just running ads to some of your top of, of funnel content as well, just to build some awareness to people that may have never heard of you. Um, this content is really some of the best to, to just build some of that notoriety. So true. And it feels more personable, which I like uh, so yeah. much. So as somebody that's, that's started and built several companies, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, is there something that you would say to yourself? Yeah. And it's very important, I think, and it, it's so hard to do, but I, I feel like you, you have to have a vision from the very beginning as to where you, you want to go. And you can change that vision. It's okay. But I feel like you, you have to have some idea five years down the road, this, this is where I, I want to be. Because one of the, the things that, um, you know, was evident in, in some of the first companies I had was I was just happy to, to make a living as an entrepreneur. And, you know, you were going through that daily uh -huh. process, but, but it got to a point where, okay, where is this going? You know, ultimately, what do I want to do? And then you start to figure out, or you, you just start to think about what, what are these next set of goals? And, and I feel like if you get into that exercise as an entrepreneur, if you just always have some vision that you're striving towards, then you always feel like you're, you're moving forward in, mm -hmm. in a way. So what does the next five years look like for you guys and, and motion? Yeah, I think for, for motion, we, we have um, some revenue goals, uh, the, the team size and everything. Basically, we, we create something called a vision traction organizer. It's called a VTO. We use uh, the entrepreneurial operating system. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Share with me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's based on a book called Traction. And, and I say that that book has probably changed my life. But it, it's a whole framework to use in order to, to really do just that. Set up your vision for the company. Um, and then break your, your year down into 90-day goals, uh, things that you call rocks, which are like big, big things that you want to accomplish in 90 days. And then you have weekly to-dos. So you're, you're constantly on this weekly cadence and you're moving forward. You're trying to achieve these 90-day goals. And then you also have this very high-level overarching vision that you're striving towards. So my business partner and I, we have goals as far as where we want to be in three and five years. And in the most part, in the biggest part of that is we want motion to grow to a certain size, and then we want to be able to do other things as well. Mm -hmm. So a, a big part of what we're doing is being very um, diligent in the process that, that we create to roll out services so that we can bring additional people on board. And we're, we're constantly fine tuning that. And, um, you know, that will allow us to then shift our focus into, into other areas down the road.
because yeah, I've never really thought I was going to be in the same place forever. And, and that's, you know, I've, I've kind of um, grown used to that. So yeah. I know that I'm going to get somewhat impatient and want to do other things. So now we're just developing a system for that. So, so that's just the entrepreneurial spirit right there. Just yeah. constantly never striving. Done. Yeah. Never, yeah. never stop. What was my, my brother, he's got this thing. It's never stand still. You never stand still. That's right. It's always in the constant motion. So what about what you're doing right now is your absolute favorite thing that you're doing? Um, favorite thing is, so I was very strong on the video side. So I think it's funny that in motion when we create emotions very heavy on on the video production side of things but we've gravitated much more towards audio content with podcasts and and with the uh pandemic situation we obviously are haven't been filming for for quite a while so that part of our business has really um been even more fun in in, in a lot of ways because people are finding that they still need to create this this great content but um in a different way so yeah. I think the, the fun part about it is, you know, um, just developing this, this strategic process to roll out these thought leadership programs. And it's a relatively new service. I mean, we started building it probably towards the end of last year. So it's something that's somewhat very, very new in, in the grand scheme of things. And it's just been a lot of fun to, to roll it out and see how it works for folks as well. That's awesome. Well, I normally always end my podcast with asking, what are you reading? But you just gave us a really good <laughs> recommendation with traction. So yeah. is there anything else that you're currently watching, listening to, um, or reading that's helping you grow as a, as a, as a leader? Yeah. Um, I'm a big podcast junkie naturally. So that I, I listen to business podcasts as well as just, you know, completely random podcast. I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan mm -hmm. and what he does out there. Dax Shepard has a great one that I listen to. Mike Tyson even has a, an interesting podcast. I he would think that would be hard to listen to. <laughs> yeah, he, but he had Eminem on not too long ago and he's had some interesting guests. He had also Evander Holyfield. Um, oh. So they were like big enemies back enemies, in the day. Yeah. It was funny to, to see them just have a conversation. But, um, but yeah, so th that's... Uh, always something that, I, that I'm in um, for is a good podcast, but I am reading a book right now. It's called um, Obviously Awesome, I believe is the title, but it's all okay. about um, how to define your, your uh, positioning for your product and, and how to, you know, what process to use. And I feel like that's really one of the biggest struggles that, that a lot of our clients have is, is trying to establish that, that messaging that goes along with their products and, and their ideal customer profile. So uh, I'm just getting into that one right now. I have vacation next week, so I'll probably finish it then. Get done then, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for the recommendations, and thank you for being on the podcast. I always enjoy having a fellow podcaster on there to to chat with and, and learn about the way you do things. So thank you for being Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tabitha. Sorry. All right, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.